Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay. And so are we. Welcome to the latest episode of the View from the Bridge podcast, London's Chelsea podcast. And finally, the international break is over. The last of Chelsea players have played their games with Enzo Fernandez and Moises Casido, both playing last night in South American World Cup qualifying. Everybody's on the way back to Cobham. We'll be going to see some football soon. I'm Scott Trotter, Chelsea writer for Football.London, and I'm joined today by Bobby Vincent, as always. How are you doing, Bobby? Are you pleased to have football on its way back? Yeah, it's great. I think the next one's four months away or something like that. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the international break at all. So I'm just glad that it's now finally over. And yeah, we we can um, preview a big game on Saturday. Yeah, um, I guess, as always with these international breaks, there are some things to take away. Um, we'll give a shout out to Enzo Fernandez. Uh, his Argentina side and, a, you know, I guess a match that had some Controversial scenes in the crowd um, between Argentina fans and Brazilian police, but nevertheless, Argentina came away as winners against Brazil. Now, that's the first time Brazil have lost at home in World Cup qualifying, which seems mental when you have teams like Argentina playing them every kind of four years in that competition. Um, Cole Palmer got his England debut. Incredible scenes to continue his his high rise. Um, Axel de Sassi got some time playing for France. Uh, Amanda Brogia obviously didn't go away with Albania, but Albania qualified for Euro 2024, so that's a big opportunity for him come the summer. Any standout moments? I'm just pleased to be back on the Chelsea beat properly, Bobby. It was, yeah, I think mean, it's great to see Cole Palmer, um, like you said. Like, even though it was because of Jude Bellingham dropping out, I, I think he probably should have been included anyway. Um, two pretty nothing games for England, really against um i know they drew with north macedonia but against sides they should be uh, so i thought cole palmer should have been included really anyway um but yeah great to see him get some time on the pitch thoroughly deserved because since he signed for chelsea 
we've spoken about it a lot, but he's just been excellent. And yeah, um, yeah, great for the likes of Axel de Sassi as well, of course, a late call up to the France squad. And um, yeah, so good to see some of these players get more minutes. Yeah, for sure. But I think as everybody listening at home probably is, very much excited for Premier League football to return. And you know, Chelsea have had a couple of big clashes with that win over Tottenham and the draw against Man City. Exciting clashes. And they face another team who certainly at the start of the season probably had Champions League aspirations, are in the Champions League at the moment in Newcastle United. Um, they sit seventh in the Premier League at the moment, four points ahead of Chelsea who sit tenth. It still feels a bit wild, wild that um, those last two games for Chelsea have kind of provided this bounce of momentum, but but they are still 10th. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly that. And I guess that just shows, you know, the sort of terrible little spell they had um, a couple of months ago where, where they couldn't buy a goal for level money. And um, it looks very different now in, ter- in terms of, their attacking output looks more um, looks a lot better and looks they look a lot more dangerous going forward and I guess that's down to players being informed more than anything else and I mean we got the likes of Raheem Sterling who was excellent against um, Man City and it looked like he had a real point to prove I think he probably had a couple because um, obviously against his former club Man City um, against Pep Guardiola etc and that whole narrative and of course it came um, I think a few days after not being included in the in the England squad yet again, so yeah, for him, I mean, he's he's had a he's had two weeks of um, resting, of course, training as well at Cobham, but um, largely resting and not having to um, be involved in any competitive action. So that's definitely a plus side for Chelsea, um, and there are a few other players like that as well. But yeah, I mean, there are for, for Chelsea, there's still a long way to go, as we know, um, but. The last two games, especially, have been, you know, some two of the craziest games I can remember Chelsea being involved in in recent years for uh, sort of very different reasons. And um, we could have yet another one on Saturday. And I mean, it just shows how difficult this fixture run is for Chelsea. They've, you know, they faced Spurs away, obviously did really well there, faced Man City at home, did really well there. And now they're going to Newcastle away, which is one of the toughest places to go to in the Premier League. So, yes, dead interesting to see um, how they cope with a different challenge at St. James's Park. Um, one in front of a crowd that, it, you know, is notoriously very loud. Um, so, yeah, it's just I, I'm super interested to see how they go. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think, as you know, there, a different challenge against Newcastle. Um, Chelsea have obviously... I guess found success against better teams this season, but against teams who are quite comfortable in possession where they've been able to maybe attack against a, a higher line rather than the lower block. I, I think maybe Newcastle might bring a, something a bit more in the middle. Um, certainly in Chelsea's outings against them last year, the, the competitiveness and fight uh, was there against Newcastle and maybe that's something Chelsea are better prepared for this season than they were last. But I, I guess what, what do you make of that kind of stylistic matchup for Chelsea um, with this regard. Obviously, it's got to be said, Newcastle do have a lot of injuries. A rare team that has a lot more injuries th- than Chelsea at the moment. So maybe we don't see, you know, the usual Newcastle that we- we've come to expect in over the last 12 months. But yeah, what, what are your initial kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, so I, I've seen Newcastle play probably a handful of times a season and 
uh, one that sticks out more than most is the um, thing earlier in the month beating Arsenal and in that game it, I don't think it was a in terms of chances and free flow and football um, it was definitely probably it was probably a worse game than we expected um, but in terms of you know controversy and uh, sort of battles on the pitch it was it was really entertaining um, Newcastle do have a real grit to their side I think Bruno Gamares in the middle is um, especially against Arsenal he was Perhaps lucky not to be um, sent off. He he fouled a lot of times, but he was clearly trying to get into some of the Arsenal players' heads. And I think that shows the sort of steel and grit Newcastle do have, and they might try you know to do that against the young Chelsea side as well. And I think for Chelsea, with the with obviously the Newcastle fans going to join in as well, I think Chelsea are going to have to try and keep their heads. I think we saw against Tottenham when a couple of Spurs players lost their heads. I think it was Levi Colwell just for half time was getting involved in things he didn't need to get involved in and he was, you know, subsequently brought off like a minutes later at halftime. And I think Pochettino will try and guard against that. You know, he wants his, he want he obviously wants his side to show that um that steel and that grit that I've mentioned in Newcastle, but he also wants them to do it in the right ways and, you know, not get anyone sent off. Um not give VAR any decisions to make, etc. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting because Newcastle have a lot of injuries at the moment, but they they still have you know they can still play a pretty strong team on um, Saturday. And one one that perhaps hasn't played together as as much over the last twelve months or so, um, but one that can play different styles uh, on the counter attack. They're very strong. They they can keep the ball well. Um, especially against, you know, so-called lesser teams. And they, like I said, they're, they're really up for a battle. And the Newcastle fans, more than most, are up for the battle as well. And it's very it's very cliche, but they will be like the 12th man. And, um, you know, Chelsea have got to deal with a very hostile atmosphere on Saturday. And it'll be really interesting to see how this young group of players deals with that. And um, I'm quite confident that they can deal with it. Um, I'm quite confident that they'll be able to get at least a point on Saturday and hopefully, um, you know, surprise a lot of people, I guess, by going to St. James's Park. Yeah, yeah, and it would be a big, big result for Pochettino to continue that momentum after the international break. But I guess to start things off in this, I guess, preview element ahead of Newcastle, um, we'll look at... I guess the injury situation at Chelsea, of course, they still have a number of long-term issues. Wesley Fofana, Ben Chilwell... Carney Chukwemeka as well has obviously been out for a little while now after his setback. Um, Trevor Chalaber still out as well. Um, I think he was pictured in, in the gym this past week, but is still away from team training. And I think there's still a little weird for him. But on the positive side, Levi Colwell obviously pulled out of the England squad having missed... Um, in the national, uh, having missed the Manchester City match with a shoulder injury, he's been pictured involved in training. And Malagusto, I know he went to France under 21s and I think he got a scan and there was a knee problem there, but he has also been involved in training. So I guess lots of defenders for Pochettino to work with early in the week. And I guess that's a bonus, maybe a boost for Benoit Badiashile. I think we said on the last episode he can get a bit more playing time in before the Sassi's return. And it'll be interesting to see how that impacts. Pochettino's decision. Um, I guess Colwell will, will be maybe the interesting one. Should he prove his fitness? Does he come into the side over Mark Cucurea maybe, or do you 
do you think we see the same back line as last time out, Bobby? I think, yeah, like you said, if Colwell can prove his fitness, I think he probably does come into the side over Kukurea. I think, I think he offers more defensively than Kukurea, um, more of a, more steel, um, as well as Kukurea has done recently. I might add. He, he has been very good and, you know, he's improved massively um, from what we saw last season. So that's good. And it's good that, you know, he's even up for contention with Colwell, who's, you know, one of Chelsea's most promising young players. Um, yeah, I think uh, as well as that, um, Rhys James did an interview at the weekend and said he's feeling as good as he has done for a while. And that's obviously great news for Chelsea. Um, he pointed out that he's not been able to do 90 minutes yet, but he's hoping, you know, in the next few weeks he'll be able to. And I'm not sure that'll be on Saturday or not, but I think it's definitely a boost and positive for Chelsea that he made the, in my opinion, smart decision, the wise decision to sort of withdraw himself from the England squad. Um, England are very uh, blessed in that category, at right back in that position. So it's not like they'll miss James that much for, like I said, two sort of games with not much riding on it as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a wise decision from James. And, yeah, just to get his fitness up because we haven't seen, I don't think we've seen a peak condition reach James in, God knows how long now. So if we can get that without, you know, touch wood, him getting injured again, then that'll be great. So it was great to hear that he's doing so well. And yeah, I think the fact that Gusto and Colwell have been training is obviously a um, positive. We saw a new Colwell's injury wasn't too bad, um, but we weren't quite sure with Gusto. Obviously, when when it happens, when they're on international duty, it's harder to find out. Um, but obviously it was a knee injury as well, so you know we all know how serious they can be. So it's obviously not as bad as first thought because um, first feared even because um, he's been out training in the grass with Chelsea. So yeah, I mean it's all starting to come together now. I think in terms of injuries uh, over the next few weeks, hopefully we'll see um, Christopher Nkunku and Romeo Lavia, who we've been waiting on for ages, and then. You know, I think Wesley Fana posted quite a positive update on Instagram as well. Um, I think you wrote a piece on it earlier in the week um, where he, he sort of pointed out that he'd been out running again. And that's obviously great news, but we're, we're still expecting him to be out for a while yet. But it seems, touch wood again, that he's ahead of schedule. Um, so that's great as well. And yeah, just keep getting these players back and hopefully not get anyone else injured. Yeah, for sure. And I guess just touching on Unkunku and Lavier, um, certainly with Unkunku, there's been, I guess, a lot made around his possibility of return. Um, Pochettino kind of dropped it into a press conference a few weeks ago that he could be available after the international break, um, which I think maybe surprised a few people at the time. And since that point, he's kind of got out and been on the grass, if not with the team. Um, and then ahead of, of Man City, um, Pochettino did say that when Kunku's ambition had been Newcastle, maybe he wasn't quite as convinced of that as what he had been once upon a time, but that was certainly the ambition. And both he and Lavia would be kind of hopefully joining the team and kind of assess day by day to see where they fit. In all the kind of releases we've had from the club so far, it still seems that maybe Unkunku and Lavia are, are slightly separate, um, though they are they are training at Cobham. And, you know, I think there's been pictures of some ball work and stuff as well. So, I guess, you know, if you had to theorise, Newcastle probably comes a little bit too soon for them. 
at the very most. And I think this is probably be the case whenever these guys come back because Chelsea have shown a real commitment to patience um, when players have returned from injury. We've seen it with Reese James in particular um, this season. Uh, they, they've been keen not to overplay him, but Nkunku um, is probably going to come back on the bench first. I guess maybe there's an argument that Newcastle, with them being shorter players, maybe you can build fitness late on against them as, as they tire. But, you know, Chelsea aren't going to be taking any risks with Nkunku, are they? I think, yeah. And also, I think what's so good as well is Nkunku and um, Lavia, they're both in positions where Chelsea are doing really well at the moment. Um, Nkunku, I mean, if you said this a month ago or however long ago, um, when Chelsea weren't scoring that many goals, then Chelsea fans wouldn't have been able to wait for Nkunku's comeback. But now now it's a... Um, you know, it's an area where there are a few informed players, like I said earlier, Cole Palmer, Raheem Sterling, Nicholas Jackson. Um, and then you've got obviously Mudrick, who's shown glimpses. And I I mean, he's been a bit unfortunate because he's picked up a few niggles. But if he was, if he had stayed fully fit this whole time since the Fulham game, for example, then we might be looking at a completely different player right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's no immediate rush for Nkunku's comeback in that regard. I, of course, he offers Chelsea a lot more. And I think he, offers Chelsea something they don't have, which is a, a direct goal threat at, at sort of all the time. Um, but there's no immediate rush with him. And Flavia, I mean, we don't know what his role in the team's going to be, um, to be honest, because, I mean, with Nkunku, we saw him in pre-season at least, but, but with Lavia, we we haven't seen him at all yet for Chelsea. So, um, and the midfield three as well. You know, we've got two over a hundred million pound players and we got Conor Gallagher who's I said on the last pod he's probably playing better than both of them right now so I don't know who you drop out of those three if you were to get Lavia in um I think it's very much a case especially with Lavia where he will be eased in very slowly um maybe the old cup game or you know we got the FA Cup third round coming up in just over a month got the Carabao Cup quarter final um next month and I think that they could be sort of games for Lavia in the odd, um, you know, last 20 minutes of the game or so. But I don't think he will be rushed into side at all. He's still very young as well, of course. And we, like I said, we don't know his role yet. But what I will say on him is he, he's obviously a he's a number six, a ball winning number six, a proper a proper defensive midfielder, something Chelsea don't really have. Um, so they both offer Chelsea something quite unique, but I just uh, yeah I don't think they will be rushed back at all because they're both coming off the back of long-term injuries, and I think sort of joining their teammates, you know, almost halfway through the season is it's going to be difficult for them to get up to the fitness levels of their teammates, and I just yeah I, I think Pochettino's in. Obviously, it could all change um, after Saturday and that things could look worse potentially or even better. But um, I think Pochettino is in quite a good position at the moment in terms of not having to rush um, both of them back. Yeah, and I think he'll certainly feel it in comparison to Eddie Howe. Um, Newcastle have a bit of an injury crisis on their hands. Uh, they did going into that game against Bournemouth that they lost before the international break. I think they had a number of teenagers on the bench, but... I'll take a deep breath and we'll just go through their list of players who might not uh, might not make the cut this coming weekend. So Sandro Tonali, we know, is suspended, I think, until August because of that kind of, 
the betting rules, he broke while playing in Italy. Uh, Jacob Murphy is out until 2024. Dan Byrne is out until 2024. Callum Wilson's not expected to be back until the middle of December. Um, sorry, late December, so he might even miss the next game against Chelsea. Elliot Anderson, very similar. Um, Sven Botman's out. He's obviously a crucial cog in the centre of defence for Newcastle. I think Jamal Lassell has been playing there for a number of weeks now. Uh, Harvey Barnes is out until December. Uh, Miguel Almiron, he may be in contention, um, but I think he's had a bit of an issue recently. Same with Fabian Shaw, I think, is in contention. Isaac in contention, but, you know, obviously come back from injury, it's never easy to do, especially as the, if there's a big burden on you. Um, Javier Manquillo is also out. Matt Target also out. And then, of course, um, there is a certain Lewis Hall who is ineligible for uh, to play for Newcastle uh, because he is still on loan from Chelsea, despite that uh, obligation to buy come the summer, should certain criteria be met. Um, perhaps I think Chelsea will receive maybe 30, 35 million pounds for him. Um, I think just touching on that deal before looking at the injuries, maybe um, I think many probably criticize Chelsea's willingness to, to do the deal in that manner, maybe helping Newcastle a little bit with the FFP and stuff. But I guess in some regards, it, it's helped them a little bit now um, kind of leaving Newcastle with another man down. Um, that does just bring to mind, maybe Chelsea will see former player in the form of Tino Livermento play against them as well. Hopefully that won't come back to bite them on the afternoon. Um, but I guess just how difficult is it going to be for this Newcastle team um, when they are hit by such injuries? I guess they still are going to have some good players. Obviously, you mentioned Bruno Guimaraes. He did obviously lose to Enzo Fernandez. Uh in that Brazil match. I think Joe Linton even got sent off in that match. They're the kind of players that they've still got. They are lacking a forward, and that's been a real strength for them this season. I think they've been really clinical, particularly through Wilson. So whether Isaac's back will be big for them. I think Anthony Gordon has been playing up front as well. But is there an area where you think maybe Chelsea can get at? Is it is it maybe that defensive partnership if Shah still isn't quite up to fitness and Botman remains out? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, speaking as someone who doesn't hasn't watched much of Jamal LaSalle's in recent years, but I can't imagine, you know, having not played that much football recently because of um, Shah and Botman, he's in his best condition. Um, I think he's in his 30s now. And he, I guess that is an area Chelsea will look to get at. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm looking at their squad right now. They've got Paul Dummett as well, who I guess would play centre-back with him if um, Shah and Botman are both out. Um yeah, I mean, for Chelsea, it's good that Lewis Hall can't play, obviously. Um, I was definitely one of those people at the time who was quite disappointed with not the fact that Chelsea were helping Newcastle with FFP or anything like that, but just to see a player like Lewis Hall leave Chelsea, I thought, you know, there, there were at times last season. Um, I mean, the game at Newcastle last season, which we'll get on to later, I think, but he was excellent in that game and there were so many games last season where he was a shining light for Chelsea. And I think he was 18 at the time. He's 19 now. Um, so for Chelsea to sell him, I thought it was a bit, you know, a bit of a um, poor decision. But, you know, it's still a good fee for someone who had barely proven himself at the top level. Um, so I guess that's what the owners want is. And like you said about Livermore, I watched um, I watched Newcastle play at Man United in the Carabao Cup. Seems like a month ago now or something. And they were, 
you know both sides um, of defence. And I guess as a Chelsea fan watching that, you'd be quite upset because they were both outstanding that day. I think Liveramento got an unbelievable assist for um, Almiron, I think it was, to open the scoring. And uh, yeah, I think that both players with bags of potential. I mean, Liveramento is a bit further on with his progression, albeit it was halted by that horrific injury. Um, but yeah, I think they're both fabulous players and Newcastle have got, you know, they've so obviously got Trippier and Mankio and um, Damba and Matt Target as fullbacks as well. But they're, they're, they're set for fullback for years to come with them too, if they can, um, you know, keep them at the club. But yeah, I, I guess like their attack isn't as potent as it would usually be. Uh, I think if Isaac comes back for them, that'll be big. Um, but uh, Eddie Howe's probably not the sort of manager who'd rush his players back and um, potentially risk aggravating an injury. But Isaac is a very influential player. So if he's out, then that's obviously a big boost for Chelsea. Um, and then, you know, they're quite short of attacking options. Anthony Gordon's a good player um, with good potential. We saw, I think we saw him score at Stamford Bridge in the last game of last season. And he's been in decent form recently. So he's definitely one to keep an eye out for. But I think... With all the injuries, I, I do think Chelsea have a really good chance um, against Newcastle, um, particularly how strong Chelsea have been in these games against, you know, sides in the top half, especially um, sides where they're perhaps not expected to win against. But I, I, I do think Chelsea can really um, match Newcastle on Saturday. But like, like I said at the top of the show, I think the atmosphere will make a big, um, a big difference in this sink or swim time for a group of young Chelsea players and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it's, um, I think kind of, obviously there's a, a few guys who are on the borderline of maybe where they come back and it'll just be interesting to see how how does manage that because Newcastle do have Champions League football in the midweek as well so maybe that plays into the mind of how much time maybe somebody like Shah or Isaac does get on the pitch. That's going to be one to watch come Saturday at 2pm as well. Also, absolutely bewildered that this game isn't a television broadcast game in the UK. Um, it yeah. doesn't feel like it makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, I was confused. I, I think I looked at the kickoff time last week, just assuming it would be um, 5.30 or 12.30. And then I saw it was 3 o'clock. I was like, okay, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll just take a, a quick step back in the past. And you can probably do this for, you know, maybe 90% of Chelsea games last season, given the turnover in the in the summer uh, transfer window and how new a lot of these players are. But you sent me a message with this just before we, we came online, and it is pretty crazy to look at. So Chelsea start in 11, last time they visited St. James's Park. Last November, I think just before the World Cup, they, they did fall to defeat, I think, through a Joe Willock uh, goal. But we, we, we'll, we'll go through the start in 11, and we've got Eduard Mendy, not at the club. Cesar Spilicueta, not at the club. Trevor Chalabeth, still here, but not going to be playing this weekend. Kaladu Kulabadi, not at the club. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, not at the club. Jorginho, not at the club. Kovacic, not at the club. Lewis Hall, at the other club. Conor Gallagher, you know, he, he could play this weekend. Hopefully yep. um, he doesn't suffer any ill effects from the ankle injury that he was carrying. Hopefully he can play. Um, Mason Mount, not at the club, and Armando Brogia at the club, just coming back from injury, maybe could play. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I think the three players still at the club, 
all come from the academy. Yeah, all come from the academy. Um, and I mean, with Shadowborough as well, it's looking quite likely he'll probably leave in January, if not the summer. Um, and then you've got Breuer as well, who, I mean, there's no immediate risk of him leaving, but I, I, I think probably the next, well, between now and the end of season, will be quite big for him in terms of what Chelsea do in the market as well, in terms of a striker. Um, Gallagher now, because he's playing so well, I think, you know, looks like he could stay at Chelsea. Hopefully he does stay at Chelsea and signs a new contract. But yeah, I mean, the rest is just mental, isn't it? And, um, it just it, it seems ages ago since we saw a team like that, but in reality, it wasn't. Um, see, Graham Potter, yeah, Graham Potter would have been in charge then, and um, it was like a, I think, a three at the back formation. Loftus Cheek was playing a wing back. Yeah, was Conor Gallagher even played at right wing back in the second half too. It was, uh, yeah. it was an interesting afternoon. Yeah, um, and I guess. I think you were at the game. I wasn't at the game. Um, but how did, you know, how did Chelsea play on the day? Was it, like, if you've seen that sort of performance now, like, is it anything similar to what we see, like, nowadays? I know, obviously, the last couple of games have been mad in terms of goals, but what was, what was the game like, if you can remember? Yeah, I think it was one of those bizarre ones. Like you say, you, you kind of see Loftus-Cheek, I think, went down injured pretty early. And... You know, maybe Newcastle didn't play. Uh, sorry, Chelsea didn't play like as badly as they did come to a lot of the time that season. But I think, in comparison, to Newcastle, Newcastle just had that bite and tenacity about the player. Um, and I think that's what really stood out about Chelsea this season is that they have they have a motor. Maybe it's because Conor Gallagher is playing so well, um, and he's really driving that kind of you know, relentless press and tenacity in the titles, obviously with Caicedo and Fernandez in amongst it as well. And I think last year, obviously the result wasn't what anybody wanted. I think merely if I'm incorrectly, Jorginho might have had a poor game and a, a couple of the other guys as well. But what always struck me about Chelsea last season, and maybe it happened a little bit at the start of this season as well, they were always just very average. And there's only so many players that can have average performances and you do well. You need a couple of guys to, you know, step up and, and make themselves counted. And that didn't really happen last year much at all. And I think you maybe highlighted it with Raheem Sterling, uh, Cole Palmer certainly done it this season. They have a couple of players who can, you know, get them out of those difficult matches, difficult moments. And hopefully that can continue with Chelsea. Um, that is probably what they're going to need at the weekend. Hopefully they can, you know, stay in the game early and I think that we mentioned it last week, but the thing that's standing out with Chelsea, they, they can come back now as well. Um, they obviously went to goal behind against Tottenham. They went behind three times against Man City. That is big. And especially if you're going to be in an atmosphere like that they are probably going to be like on Saturday. I'm just looking there as well. Noticing the substitutes. Um, it, it doesn't make for much better reading, really. Marcus Bettinelli is still at the club, but hasn't played this season. Due to injury, Thiago Silva, obviously a mainstay. Marco Correa in a wildly different position to what he was this time last year. Um, I think he started behind Lewis Hall that day. I think Lewis Hall did play quite well against Newcastle uh, last season. I remember him being on a lot of set pieces anyway. Yeah. Amari Hutchinson, uh, obviously on loan, which is probably where he should have been last season, but enjoying quite a good loan at uh, Ipswich this year. Dennis Sicaria gone. Kai Havertz gone. Christian Pulisic gone. 
Ziyech on loan, but I guess we presume will be pretty much gone, and Obama Yang gone. Um, interesting, I guess that's maybe not a bench like a lot of those guys would have would have started games for Chelsea last season, but. You know, we, I guess, briefly talked about earlier the, the difference in Chelsea's team this year. Are they better or worse off the bench? Do they have more depth at the moment? Or obviously the injuries have, have played a big part where Chelsea have like depth and put a lot of goalkeepers on the bench. But maybe coming into this fixture, do you do you feel more confident in Chelsea? I guess they have a Mudrick to come off the bench, a, a Madweke to come off the bench now. Is that is that better than what they had last year? I think there's, I, I think there's a lot... Um... There's a lot more youth this year than there was last year off the bench. I, I think the names you listed there, there were, wasn't too many young players bar Amari Hutchinson that came to came to mind. Um, obviously, this year they we've seen like David Washington on the bench a lot, and I think he's only got on once, but it's good to see him on the bench. Um, but yeah, Madueke and Mudrick are always good options, and um, but I, I guess there is a lot more youth um, at Chelsea this year, and I guess that was always going to happen because. Of the amount of players Chelsea sold in the summer, um, they still signed. Don't get me wrong; they still signed a fair few, but to, they would have had to, you know, match the amount they sold to get the same sort of depth, obviously. And um, you know, that wasn't possible. So I, I think depth is probably something that you know, like great depth as well. You got you got to remember the injuries they have. I think it, it, with the players we listed earlier, if, it, if they're fit and available, then the bench hold it looks a whole lot different but I do think that you know that will be addressed probably in the next few windows um, in terms of getting those sort of players you know having two really solid players per position maybe three in some cases Um, but yeah I mean last year there was definitely more experience on the bench but and some of them had decent Chelsea careers don't get me wrong um, the players you read from the bench but looking just you know, casting your mind back to last season and looking at our bench, you there's no one on there who you would have thought could come on and change a game. Um, I think, like I said, I think Kai Havertz overall had a you know an on and off Chelsea career. He's obviously remembered some brilliant moments, but last season I thought he was poor for most of it. So I don't think you know he was an option really off the bench. Christian Pulisic the same. Hakim Ziyech sort of seemed to switch off. Um, Pierre. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was just a transfer that never worked. So I, I, I think now as well you've got players who have better minds, better mindsets, and the sort of mindsets that Pochettino wants, rather than a few players last season where you know there were question marks raised over, you know, the psychological um, situation more than anything else. But yeah, I, I do think Chelsea are probably better off now, even if you know there's not as many experienced players. Yeah, and I guess that kind of brings me to the next question. Uh, Chelsea have shown the ability to improve against the the top sides um, so far this season. Um, I think they've already picked up more points against Man City than they did in the whole last season, and the same is true of Tottenham. Um, Maybe Arsenal? I can't remember how they got in their first game against Arsenal. Yeah, they lost twice to Arsenal last season, so yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously last year at St. James's Park, uh, Chelsea lost and then at Stamford Bridge, they came away with a draw on the final day of the season, I believe. And then can 
Chelsea come away with three points this weekend. And I guess, what's your prediction? I think, I think now is the chance for Chelsea at St. Joseph's Park. Like, we spoke a lot about the injuries. And, um, I mean, Newcastle are coming into this game off the back of two defeats, uh, albeit they were away from home. But, so, yeah, I know St. James's Park is a different kettle of fish. And like I said, only Liverpool have got points from there this season in the Premier League. But I do I do think Chelsea could get could potentially get a draw or even a win. I, I, I do quite fancy them here. I think what they've shown against the big sides in the league, um, I've been really impressed with. And I think they've come up against better teams than Newcastle and have done really well. Um, especially a Newcastle side so depleted by injuries at the moment. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and write Newcastle off because I know what St. James's Park can do to players. And, um, you know, I, I think that I, I think they still can play a fantastic team. And I think Eddie Hell's a brilliant manager who can um, adapt to different situations. But I do think, you know, it's kind of like now or never for Chelsea to get, get something at St. James's Park because just because of the situation um, Newcastle are in. But, yeah, so if I was to predict, I, I, I probably would go for a Chelsea win. And it's not often on this podcast I'm sat here and predicting a Chelsea win. So, yeah, I, I think maybe 2-1, 3-2, something like that. I, I think, again, we're probably in for a few goals. Um, I don't think Chelsea at the moment are in a position where they can go to Newcastle and keep a clean sheet. Um even against the, you know, like I said, a depleted side. But yeah, yeah, I'm fancying Chelsea. Yeah, it's just interesting how the last couple of games gives you a whole different kind of view and momentum of Chelsea because I feel like it wasn't that long ago it was hard to predict Chelsea scoring a goal. And well, the the thing is, right? If this was Sheffield United at home, I would, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be confident. But that, that's a conversation for a different day, and we spoke <laughs> about it. But like, because Newcastle are going to come out and attack Chelsea, I, I do fancy them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll certainly be interesting to see how Newcastle do approach the game. Um, obviously, being home makes a big difference as well. So, I think, like you, maybe I do fancy Chelsea for the win this weekend. As you know, it's a rare opportunity, and you know, there's just things trending nicely for Chelsea, and they they still have some big teams to play, and hopefully, they can take advantage of that. And you know, I think last time Reese James was at St James's Park, he scored a brace as well. So. If he if he can attack and do that, albeit that was against a I think a very different pre Eddie Howe Newcastle United, um, you know maybe Chelsea fans can enjoy the train ride home or a night out on the big market on come Saturday night. Um, I guess before we finish, we'll once again touch on a few transfer snippets with January quickly approaching. Um, we talked briefly about Ivan Tony last week and maybe. Victor Osman, there's been a, a little bit of an update in terms of that, Bobby. Um, do you just want to, I guess, give us your thoughts on that and and let us know what what you found out so far? Yeah, I was just told um, on Monday. Monday, I think it was. Yeah, I, I think it was Sunday evening. But I, I wanted to. Yeah. Anyway, so I put out on Monday that um, Chelsea are considering a bid for Ivan Tony um, in January. Uh, I think maybe last week on the pod. It was my opinion, but I said that perhaps Chelsea would wait until um, the summer to sign a striker. And I, I'm, again, not ruling that out. I'm not saying it's definitely going to be in January. But I was just told that um, Chelsea are considering a bid for Ivan Tony, And we've known for a while now that Tony is keen to leave Brentford and he's changed agencies and everything like that. He's, um, he's changed to, I can't remember his name right now, but someone who is very... Um, 
you know, experienced, if that's the right word, in getting big moves for players. Um, so that, that, I think, tells you everything in terms of where his head's at. He obviously wants to play football again and he's due back in mid-January. Um, and Chelsea, you know, they could they can either wait it out to the summer um, and potentially be against other clubs for him. I mean, we know Arsenal are interested, but Arsenal's situation is a bit different to Chelsea's um, where they need to sell to buy. Um not to do with FFP, just apparently they haven't, you know, got the transfer funds. Um, so that's a bit different. And Chelsea and Arsenal are sort of the two big clubs we mentioned right now. So, and, but there is a bit of consideration to be done, obviously, because they very, they very highly rate Nicholas Jackson. But I, I, I think they feel like there's almost been an over reliance on him, and that, that obviously can affect your performance, especially at such a young age. Where he's, you know, still very raw and developing. Um, they obviously got Christopher and Kunku to come back, but we don't know what role he's going to be in, and we obviously don't know how long it's going to take him to, you know, have the impact that he will eventually have for sure. But um, there's, you know, even we spoke about earlier that the players playing well there right now, but with Chelsea, when you when you come back, you're going to have pressure on you, particularly in attacking positions. It's just a just a way of a you know, how football works. Um, but yeah, I mean, by signing someone like Ivan Tony, then that could potentially, you know, lift the weight off of Jackson's shoulders. And while people think it might halt his development in terms of playing time, and uh, I'm sure it would, in terms of um, him not being on the pitch as much, it could also benefit him because he wouldn't have this sort of endless pressure on him to produce when Chelsea aren't doing particularly well and you know having someone like Tony to learn off as well I, I think I was quite surprised when I saw Tony's age he's 27 now so he's not as young as I perhaps first thought um, so he's a very experienced striker but having someone like him to you know learn off as well for Jackson could be really beneficial because he's a you know he's what we call a um, traditional number nine Ivan Tony and yeah of course former Newcastle as well um, going into the weekend so all very relevant but um yeah, and obviously there's been a lot of talk about the Dorosa men. We haven't heard too much on him, but definitely someone who's been mentioned to me in the past in terms of being on Chelsea's radar. But yeah, Ivan Tony, very exciting. Um, definitely one to keep an eye on in January. Yeah, and I guess the, the other guy that there's been a, a bit of chatter about today, I think uh, a certain Fabrizio Romano has been asked about him, is Trevor Chalaba. Um, obviously, Maybe quite an expectation for him to leave in the summer, but there's certainly a lot of talk over his possible departure. Um, I think both player and club were probably open to a move in in some form, but it didn't end up happening. He's obviously been injured since the summer, um, not played again this year, and I guess isn't in sort of sight of, of coming back too soon. Um, he, he's not training with the team or anything like that, for example. But still, the the prospect of a January move um, for Trevor Chalaba, are you kind of hearing anything on that yet, Bobby? And I guess, is it something that still makes sense? I guess Chalaba's perhaps thinking about a last chance to maybe get in that Euro squad if he can prove his fitness. Um, and obviously, Chelsea have shown a willingness to sell Academy products because of, you know, FFP and trying to, you know, realise some profit in financial terms. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I haven't heard anything in a while on Chalaba, but by all means, after 
not long after the um, transfer window closed in the summer, we were we were um, hearing that Chelsea would still be really open to selling him, and the player sort of feels the same. And I, I can't imagine that's changed too much, as of course he's injured at the moment. But the club brought Axel de Sassi in over the summer, which I think was quite big. Um, in terms of, I don't think he was injured at the time. Um, in terms of replacing Wesley Fofana, and it, I guess it almost showed a lack of faith in Chalobah, and that's obviously going to have have an influence on the player and um, relationship with the club, etc. And like you said, the fact that Chelsea can sell him for pure profit because of FFP and him being a um, you know product of the academy, I, I guess it's in their best interest to do so if they don't believe he's the man um you know they want to see playing for Chelsea at the back and that Chalobah really wanted to go in the summer that was quite obvious and he, he was wanting that move to Bayern Munich but unfortunately it didn't happen for him um so yeah I, I, I do fully expect this to happen either in January or, or the summer because we know sometimes deals can be really hard to strike in January because yeah I've really you know many different circumstances but definitely one to happen i think in the next seven eight months you know that sort of time frame cool and yeah i think i guess the thing for him with chalibur is for all chelsea might be willing to sell him and maybe even more than that maybe do want to sell him they are in i guess a strong position to negotiate because he's on a Such super a long contract <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how all these things play out obviously in in the summer, we saw plenty of interest in Conor Gallagher, and they said no to, I think, a bit of around £40 million. That looks like a brilliant decision at the moment. Um, so just they are willing to wait for the for the right price. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. And I guess now as we kind of lie in wait of that Newcastle game on Saturday, we'll end things there. Uh, thank you once again for joining me, Bobby. Thank you all very much for listening. And hopefully next week, if we're back again, we have a win to talk about against Newcastle. So, yeah, thank you very much for joining us and see you again next time. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay and so are we.